Hello and welcome to Rewind, which, as its name suggests, is a chance for us to look back at some of the best of Manx Radio's output in this particular instance over the festive period. Christy and I are here with you for the next half an hour or so with our selection of what really tickled our fancy. And perhaps the biggest and spookiest production over the holidays was Alex Duncan's new drama, A Garden of Teeth and Claws. Written and recorded especially for Manx Radio, this is the second in a series featuring the 1920s crime-fighting duo Captain Hall and Joyce Kelly. In this follow-up to Whistle Once More for Ginny, they face their most dangerous case yet as a beast returns to terrorise the island. It's funny, it's frightening and it's brilliantly produced. Here's a tiny taster. So he says to me, I'll haunt your corridors any time. <laughs> Enjoying yourselves? Trixie was just telling me about some of the characters you've met in your adventures. Oh, you two do lead a colourful life. <laughs> Rather too colourful from time to time. Um, Trixie, would, would you mind? No, no, of course, of course. I'll teach the barman how to make the perfect cosmopolitan. She's quite something. Where did you two meet? She was a singer in a club just off Dean Street. <laughs> the hop-in. Total dive. She bought me a martini. We got chatting. Told me the club was closing and did I have a job. Work was picking up and she made herself invaluable. I see. How nice. So, um, what were you going to tell me before we were interrupted? I'll get to that, but first the uh, interruption. Yes. What did you see? <laughs> Who did you see? Who did you see? I asked first. Fair enough. It's the oddest thing. I hardly believe it myself. I saw my men. The ones I lost. Ghastly. Oh, Hall, I'm so sorry. That must have been awful. Yes, it gave me quite the turn, I'm not afraid to say. And you? I... I... Joyce... You don't have to say if you don't want to. No, it's fine. I saw... I saw my father. Your father? Yes. He died out there, as well you know, in France. Not like your men, I'm afraid to say. Not much of a hero's death for him. Got a bad case of rotten trench foot and he was done for. Still missing something fierce. Oh, Joyce. How could we both have had such... Vivid hallucinations. Beats me. It's quite the coincidence, isn't it? My experience of coincidence is like a prompt 845 from Paddington. Meaning? Non-existent. No, I said a finger of gin. Cheeky. (laughs) (laughs) Where were we? Oh, yes, the legend. Well, it's all very Hound of the Baskervilles, you see. There's been sightings and stories of some sort of beast roaming that castle for, well, practically as long as the castle's been there. Most of the time it's been the usual fluff, a a massive wolf-like thing with eyes of fire and teeth like... Sorry, what was that last bit? Eyes like fire. (laughs) But it's a bit like the good old Loch Ness monster. Nobody's ever got a clear photograph. But recently there's been more and more sightings and... And attacks, scaring people half to death. Has anyone been hurt? A few. Not very conclusive, but it's got everyone in quite the tiz. Folks are hardly talking about anything else. What did you say it was called? The more the do. 
What was that? The more the do! Was it something we said? Very funny and dramatic stuff from the pen of Alex Duncan there. And you can listen back to A Garden of Teeth and Claws at our podcast section on manxradio.com. And if you do listen back again, listen very closely because you might hear him over there. Absolutely, yes. You would have to listen fairly closely. I think there's a, a burble there. I heard that and a, few bit. Other, <laughs> a few other words. There's one character who just burbled. He didn't actually say anything that you could make out a word from. It was just or something along those lines. Terrific fun, though. There's a great cast there. And uh, Alex is very talented, really good at inspiring people to come along. And it's all recorded pretty much straight through a few hours but it's sort of one day of intense work a lot of post-production work I would hasten to all by Alex himself but terrific stuff isn't it and it really comes across very well and as you say a wonderful mixture of suspense drama and comedy now moving on Mark's My Tunes show each week is excellent he interviews people from all walks of life and as the name of the show suggests part of the feature is to hear their music choices but while chatting to his guests things about people's lives and stories can come to light that are quite surprising on his special Best of My Tunes programme at the end of the year we heard from the man most of us will know for keeping our beaches and seas clean but founder of Beach Buddies Bill Dale actually spent a part of his youth on the sea for a very different reason Today on My Tunes, we're all at sea. Well, not exactly, but we are going to go to sea with my guest, Bill Dale, because at some stage, quite early in your life, Bill, you joined the Merchant Navy. You know, I did. All my friends went off to college and university. Um, one of my friends, Michael Brew, who's actually the the, uh, the secretary of, of Beach Buddies in, in the last few years, has been an invaluable help. He decided he was going to go to sea. And I thought, you know what, I like the sound of that. That sounds like an adventure. So at 17, I decided to go to sea as well. Uh, and I went with BP tankers. Um, we went inside the, um, it was an interesting, only a few months, Arctic Circle and see the sea frozen in northern um, Norway. Wow. Sweden, uh, Denmark, Holland. It was very interesting. But what I realized was it wasn't really what I wanted to do after a few months. And then I came home on leave for Christmas. And by chance, there was an advertisement for a newspaper junior reporter. So I applied to the old Isle of Man Times office in Athol Street. Very fortunate to get it, alongside Tony Farragher and Kathy Kreben. We were all signed on at the same time. In the same same batch. Kathy was a a broadcaster on Manx Radio many years ago. And Tony, uh, excellent journalist and became a very highly respected um, political journalist. I think he still is respected for the way that he used to write about, uh, about politics. And um, that was the start of journalism yeah. and, and photography because I learned that through a very good friend, Ian Coulson, and, and Howard Phillips, another photographer. Um, so I learned both skills as I went along, and I was very keen when digital came along to learn how to do graphic design. So along the way, sort of learned three, four different skills, which is a, which is a nice thing to do. And, um, and it's a good game, you know, and journalism, and as you know, media, is, uh, is a very interesting and rewarding game at times. It's, um, it's also taxing at times, but... It's it, it can be a, a very fulfilling career. So what was it about being at sea with BP that wasn't for you? I went through a Force 11 gale from London to Denmark. In these days, you, they just don't sail in that weather. You know, they tie up or, or get shelter somewhere. And the ships are a lot, lot bigger. I mean, this thing was about twice the size of a Manx boat, so it's pretty big in those days, yeah. but tiny when you're in a Force 11. And um, I wasn't fearful. Um, 
I sat, I was on night duty through the through the night on the bridge, and the waves were coming right, you know, horizontal straight across. And thank thank goodness the 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 ship was full of oil because it just went through it like a submarine. But um, the next morning there were six, seven, eight uh, fishing boats had gone missing. All the crews had sunk and drowned. You know, the people yeah. had drowned, and the wages were awful. It, this was before the seamen strike. I was paid four pounds a week. We went for a night out in a nightclub in Stockholm one night when we went ashore. I spent two weeks' wages in one night yeah. because the price of, you know, it, well, Sweden's crazy prices anyway. Yeah. But I just thought, is this, do I want to slog away at this for the rest of my life? And then journalism, I'd, I'd, I'd always been interested in English. My mum was very good at teaching me English and taught me to read and write before I went to school. So when a journalism job arrived and then there was a chance of learning photography and graphic design, I thought, this sounds pretty good. And I just got straight into it. I loved it from day one. It does sound, I mean, I've never been in a sea like that, a life-changing experience, really. It was pretty horrific. You know, there was yeah. there was searchlights out the front hitting the waves. If you look at, you know, you can Google these things and look for serious storms. This is as bad as I have ever seen on any of those. And uh, it was a pretty um, a mind-blowing experience. Yeah. yeah. And you were only, what, 17? 17, yeah. yeah. Mark Tiley talking to Bill Dale there. He's on weekdays from 9.30 and his MyTunes guests usually appear around 11.30 each day. You're listening to Rewind, an occasional series looking back at some of the best bits of Manx Radio's output. Christy and H with you, casting our eye over some of the festive offerings this year. The Man in Line, on every day of the week, through Monday to Friday, of course, with Andy Wint. And Andy often likes to take the programme round to the island's schools to hear the voices of some of our young people, those who will be taking the island forward in years to come, of course. They did a best-of selection for Christmas, and we're going to hear a little bit of the students from Balakameen High School. We have Prince, the head boy, Gemma and some of their colleagues. Andy got the students at their ease and then went straight in with the question of the year. How do you think the Manx government's handled the COVID crisis? Um, I think they've handled it as best as they could have in that situation. I feel like that we could have locked down a lot sooner, but as soon as they started to see the rise in the cases, I feel like we locked down quite soon in the first lockdown. The few other ones, I feel like they were a bit slow to act on some of them, but um, ultimately I think we, we have to just live with it now. It's It's a pandemic that's been here for nearly two years it has to just we just have to live with it i think will you be getting the vaccine uh yes when i'm 18 when you're 18 yeah i don't we don't know much about the vaccine process because um i've went online multiple times to check if i can get the vaccine now but i don't i think they've have they changed it to say that you have to be 18 now to get it or something like that yeah amelia are you going to get vaccinated do you think uh yeah definitely yeah how do you think the government's handled covid um well yeah same as Gemma. i feel like overall they've they've done really well because it's a, a new situation that no one's really dealt with before um and for people to like criticize them but they're not in their shoes like they don't know how stressful it's been for them i think with what they've been given and how like quick everything happened originally i think they have overall dealt with it really well and obviously we're out of lockdown and we're living our lives so we're they've obviously done well how did you handle the lockdown yourself um well i know a lot of people struggled but personally i I was okay with it because I feel like I'm quite motivated myself, so I was able to do my schoolwork online um, and keep quite organised. And I just quite liked the um, way I got to plan my day 
I, w I kept myself quite motivated throughout it, so I found it okay for myself, but I think most people did struggle, so I'm did, glad we're out of did, it. Did you get chivied along? Did the, did the school, were they in touch with you to make sure you were doing oh, work? Uh, yeah, definitely. My tutor would message me every day to check I was online and doing stuff or um, keep me engaged by asking me to tell her a joke or something like that. And were you, you were happy with that, were you? You were happy that they were in touch every day? or? Um, yeah, I was pretty happy. And we... The teachers were always there to help. Um, we just send them an email and they'd respond. And Shrav, well, how did you handle the lockdown f with um, work? I found it a bit more difficult, I think. I think with the subjects I'm doing, the content was really difficult to oh, teach myself. What subject? I'm doing chemistry, biology and maths. Um, and honestly, I find it really difficult to stay motivated without being in a school environment and being um, surrounded Why was by that? other people. I think it's because at home you've got so many distractions. Like I've got a little sibling, like a little sister. My yeah. parents aren't at home, so I had to like babysit or like um, I get distracted, like I don't know, watching Netflix or something. And it's just so much harder. Whereas in school, you're surrounded by everyone else who wants to work um, hard. And also another big thing I found was like not seeing my friends was a big thing because I'm quite friend orientated. So you like so the social aspect. The of social school. aspect of school, um, it just motivates me more to like work harder and push myself. Have you caught up to where you should be? Um, more or less, yes. But I think, especially TT next week, well, the half term next week, I'm going to have to do a lot of catching up still from the lockdown because it's, I'm quite behind in a few subjects. It's interesting. And you're heading for university, presumably? Yes. I Where am. do you want to go? Um, I'm thinking Birmingham or Nottingham. To study? Uh, uh, medicine, I want to do. Okay. What do you want to be? A uh, doctor. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris is next to you as well. Chris, uh, how are you during the lockdown? Um, I was all right. I found uh, during the first lockdown, I was not very productive. But then uh, talking to other people and sort of uh, like separating like uh, like having a room dedicated to like just work in that I, I wouldn't leave that room until and I was like taking a break. Can we just go back to the first lockdown when you weren't very productive? Why was that? Um, well, we we were at the end of year eleven during that, so we uh, we just had the news that our ex our GCSE exams were cancelled, and so that sort of felt like uh, taking away a sort of like a goal to work towards, and so it sort of felt as though while we were given work to do sort of uh, to help transition to sixth form. It did feel as though sort of there wasn't a, like an end goal almost. So I found it quite hard to motivate. The Man in Line live from Balakameen High School earlier this year. And it's wonderful how eloquent some of the students are. We struggle to put words together sometimes and that's our job. And you hear some of these young people and you think, goodness me, if I was that eloquent when I was 15, 16, 17, I think I could have been Prime Minister, man. <laughs> or maybe not looking at the Prime Minister. That would be terrifying, H. <laughs> I think as well that their perspective is incredibly wise for their yeah. years, isn't it, too? So I think impressive. the island's in good hands. We hope so, anyway. As long as a lot of them stand and end up in government, then we'll be OK. Uh, speaking of government, former MHK Phil Gorn has really made the agenda political programme his own in the past year. On the agenda special that was on December the 30th, Phil spoke with journalists Alistair Ramsey and Paul Moulton, getting their perspectives on reporting on what was, quite frankly, a bizarre year for so many reasons. As might be expected, Paul didn't pull any punches Oh, Phil, how do you describe 2021? I mean, to be in media at this time was incredible on the Isle of Man. I mean, all of us were thrust from just doing our jobs to being put in front of the government and the whole Isle of Man, and goodness knows who else was listening, to ask questions to this, the panel. And, um, well, it doesn't matter what question you asked, people didn't like the answers or, or they didn't like the questions or whatever. It, everyone was suddenly listening to this daily 
update and dying to have their question asked. So I was getting loads of people and quite a lot of MHKs were on my messenger as well, all thrusting questions at me. And it seemed to me the more you were asking the more challenging questions, the more people either loved you or hated you. Um, and, and would you say that perhaps sometimes it, it ended up a bit, bit of an information overkill? Well, there were days when there was no need for a press conference, probably. There were days when, I mean, I was there every time, so I knew what questions had been asked. But when you got other journalists, could we be repeating questions that had been asked the day before? Um, I, th- I think it, uh, there were lessons to be learned on that whole thing. It didn't matter what question I asked sometimes. You could just see it. People hated it. They didn't like me, whatever. Other people loved it. I mean, I've never walked into Marxies and had so many people come up to me and thank me so much. <laughs> I mean, really, it was like when I was a youngster on, on Manx Radio and I was a DJ. And You still are a youngster, come you, on. You know, when we, we were the, it was like exciting and, you know, the only player in town. I've never had a reaction like that for yeah, years. But yeah. for every person that comes up and says thank you, there's, there's another one that well, yes, horrible. Uh, and, and isn't that the way with the political world uh, that uh, we, we sort of uh, observe? The, the other um, interesting thing, perhaps, of course, we, we, you know, we've had an election. Prior to the election, uh, government's uh, position in relation to the media um, was um, at best strained. Um, strained and, and after the election, perhaps oh, it's, it's improved a bit. It has. In fact, in this very studio um, on the election night when I was a guest, I was saying, I really hope we have a reset. And it has. I mean, I, I can tell you, it was really horrible. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, I was getting all sorts of uh, flack, and I wouldn't be the only one, I'm sure, because I wasn't asking the right questions. You know, what, what are you doing? This is maybe, you know, nicey, nicey, and I'm going. Well, I don't know what that even means. What is a nice question? If it's a press, do you want a press conference or do you want an adulation society? Mm. And that was what they just couldn't get the head round. And that's what, effectively, that's what we're here for. The, you know, the media are there to to hold government to mm. account it, pretty much in the same way that uh, Timwell members are. Well, you'd know your time in Timwell. A, a lot of it is, I suppose, a bit of pantomime or whatever you want to call it. In the chamber, you'd you'd be very serious and you'd be going for it and, and it, it would look like there was a lot of tension between you. But normally you'd leave that at the door probably and, and go and have a coffee afterwards. The same thing. I mean, Howard and me, we, we go back years and i've got many pictures of us having you know shaking hands but people took it that we didn't like each other and david as well i saw mr ashford every week we did an update and we used to laugh about this that people thought we really really didn't like each other that is just the perception of when you go into that gladiatorial situation because i mean some of the, some of the people are going if i may minister could i ask i'm going what are you doing just ask the question it's <laughs> yes, not a question you, of, you wouldn't be I, there if, <laughs> if you we, would it's a sort of groveling grovel grovel you know i hope i don't upset you just ask the question and, and normally i always go back for the second round as you do because you never get the answer on the first go so my one question would enter two or three i didn't care and also i weirdly started to enjoy the social media <laughs> backlash <laughs> I, I don't know what it was but i actually realized that people don't really know me but they they assume that they they just i'm a horrible person and, and as i said other people liked it a fascinating and honest insight into the world of journalism social media and fame from paul moulton there speaking with phil gorn on the agenda special broadcast at the end of the year one thing you say about paul never backwards and coming forwards so true now then one of my favorite jobs of the year is compiling the bloopers that collection of outtakes and cock-ups and everything else which has gone wrong on air or in rehearsal over the year. I have been the guardian of the Manx Radio blooper archive for the best part of 20 years. I put together a nice little selection this year. I'd love to play them all. I can't. I'm going to play a small selection here, starting at the top, just to prove it can happen to any of us, and then the always beautifully eloquent Beth Espy proving 
she's not always quite as beautifully eloquent. Government says it thought... That wasn't meant to happen there. I'm not entirely sure what's happened to my song. Should we try again? I think we should. Yeah, let's try this. Okay. Bit of pink and family portrait. It's good to start the show with a mistake because it can only get better. Allegedly <laughs> sure. Stick with me on this one. Go with me. It'll work. Okay. Up next at half past seven in Breakfast with Ben and Sean Cowper. Well, Ben Hartley and Sean Cowper. They're not married. Uh, unrestricted travel between the... Well, we will be on air from six, warming you up, I suppose you could say, for the big night ahead. Between six and eight, we'll be visiting all the 12 constituencies and speaking to the reporters there. And then from eight, we're going to be welcoming a panel of guests into the studio. Do you know, we're going for a really relaxed affair this time. It's going to be... Oh, what the f*** am I talking about? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Sorry. That's fine. Should you just start again? Can do. <laughs> Do you want me to ask your question again? Yeah, just start again. She wasn't very specific about what they do. Okay, uh, have you have you got experience of this? I've got bloody plenty of experience. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what can the listener expect from six o'clock this evening? Well, from six o'clock, we're going to be warming you up for the big night ahead. <laughs> that sounds weird. Does that sound weird? <laughs> warming you up. <laughs> God. <laughs> Just, yeah, what's happening, say, just ask what's happening tonight. I'm beginning to sound like Semprini, aren't I? What was it, something old, something new? Can't remember the rest of it. That was his uh, sort of uh, tag, wasn't it? All right, so so what's happening tonight? From six o'clock, we'll be on air, and the first thing we'll be doing is visiting each of the 12 constituencies. As usual, we have reporters in each of the constituencies, and we will... Oh, I'm so sorry, Sean. Jesus <laughs> I'm probably just going to give this file to Howard when I'm done. <laughs> Here's the bloopers. Wouldn't that just be a great track? It's prime for Strictly, isn't it? Great dance track. Della Reese and Daddy. Right, and guess what we've got? And I'm afraid that was not what I thought it was. It was supposed to be our music to tell us that we've got community information. What? I mean, what is happening? We're doing a programme. I don't know, you're in charge of it. (laughs) We're on for six today. I'm not quite sure why. I did ask if we could maybe make it later because we can't actually talk about anything between six and eight. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's the truth of it. Chris is in the biscuits again. <laughs> right, OK. Right. I'm really sorry. I know That's you need fine. to go home. Oh, God. I've just broken that. OK, fine. <laughs> so, <clears throat> talk to us about the election programme. Starting at six, what's happening tonight? Well, the first thing we'll be doing, Sean. Well, the first thing we'll be doing is visiting each of the 12 constituencies and talking to our reporters there. It's important to note that between six and eight, there's not a great deal that we can actually say about the election itself because we'll be in the strict rules once uh, the polls open. Um, but we'll be making sure that... Uh... Shall we just edit there and then we'll find another question and move on from here? Yeah. Um... Or should I just give it one more go? Go one on One more then. go, and I am so sorry. I don't... <laughs> This bodes well for tomorrow. <laughs> We're two and a half minutes in already. He's called on government to apologise to his staff, who he says should have been ignored by politicians despite selflessly putting themselves in harm's way every day. I shall, uh, I shall erect me pole and get ready for you. <laughs> You're listening to... Country- <laughs> <laughs> 
too, Sarah. <clears throat> so from six o'clock tonight, what is happening? Well, our election night special starts at 6pm this evening and it's important to remember we can't actually say a great deal about it. You just have to have a range of materials so that people can be as in-depth or not as they want to be when they're trying to work out who to vote for. I think we're there. I think that should be fine. <laughs> what a load of <laughs> shit. Just a selection of some of Manx Radio's bloopers from 2021. I do have to say, we're getting better. It is getting harder to fill the bloopers programme, so we must be making fewer mistakes, despite the commonly held belief. Speak for yourself. (laughs) I make plenty of them. I look forward to next year's reel already. I've already given you material. I've already got six or seven, so it's a great start. Just just from this programme, exactly. You know Um, what? That's about it, I think. It is, yeah, but I suppose we've looked back at the end of the year. It might be nice, actually, to finish with something that starts off this new year. What about the New Year's dip, then? And you were in, weren't you? I was. You, I jumped in at Peel. And you just, were down at Peel. Yeah, and just a matter of feet from me were some of our very own broadcasters. Indeed, because uh, as has been the case for several years now, Chris Williams has been down there with her own Ben Hartley watching the dippers at Peel. Always around about a thousand people, hordes and hordes going in, in all sorts of weird and wonderful costumes. Uh, Chris Williams and Ben Hartley were down there seeing them this year, looking out for Elvis, it seemed. But where else would you find five Georges from Rainbow, Ian Fleming's most famous creation, and a giraffe? I haven't seen the giraffe before, so it's nice to see the giraffe. Uh, First turnout, I think, for the giraffe. No sign of Elvis Presley yet. I have noticed James Bond uh, is in the audience. What time is it now, Ben? Uh, I haven't got my watch with me. It's 11.45, so 15 minutes to go. 15 minutes to go it is. Ben is looking after the social media for you, putting out tweets and bits and pieces on the Manx Radio Facebook page. So go and have a look if you'd like to have a look at some pictures there. Uh, Simon, do you fancy doing this? Have you done a dip before, Simon? Uh, No, no, not something that's really on my book. Best to be honest, Chris. Uh, how about yourself? Did you venture in? I've done it. I've done the Peel one a couple of times, and I did Douglas uh, many years ago, dressed up as Bob the Builder. Uh, <laughs> hang on a minute. Here he is. Elvis is in the building uh, once again. In the building once again. How Mr. Are we? Presley, very Happy good. New Year to you. <laughs> and you as well. Yeah. Listen. Do you know what? Funnily enough, you don't change. Every year you come down here, you look exactly I the look same. Better each year, don't I? You do. You, you mellow well like a good wine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Another good turn. Fantastic day today. for it again. It's, it's another lovely day, and at least not raining. We're not going to get wet. Yeah, yeah. No, you, yeah, it's the South South Westerly. It's not bad at all. No, Much okay. warmer than I thought it was going to be, Indeed, actually. Indeed, yes, fantastic. Dressed in a uh, smart-looking yeah, Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt Hawaiian, and shorts. The Hawaiian uh, look this year. The uh, Blue Hawaii movie. Yeah, and how's the My concerts going? My son's going in today. Concerts are very good, yeah. yeah, yeah. had a busy night last night. Yeah, where were you? Singing live Anyone in the uh, pub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another stop on the world tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Has to be done. Okay, have a good day. Yeah, have a good swim, my friend. Uh, (laughs) Oh, there's somebody in a dressing gown. Uh, (laughs) It looks like my dressing gown. No, it's not my dressing gown. Uh, People of all ages uh, and denominations and sizes uh, here for the Peel Dip, raising money for multiple sclerosis and the Peel Lifeboat. Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, the Peel Lifeboat resplendent in the sunshine uh, out in the bay there just to look after things. Uh, We've got a cowboy here. Uh, we've got. Uh, <laughs> so, what is that? Somebody's dressed up as a Christmas present. 
Well, it's a bit early, a bit early for Christmas. We have a penguin here as well. Uh, and I think, as always, as I mentioned earlier, we'll have a fancy dress competition and there'll be prizes for the best dressed ones. All right, I'll tell you what, we'll come back to you just before the news, Simon, at 12. We'll see them into the sea and uh, see if we can get it all done and dusted and then they'll probably be soaking wet, covered in sand and want to leave uh, as quick as possible. But we'll come back to you just before the news and we'll see them into the sea at 12. Uh, there are hundreds of people watching and hundreds on the beach and some brave ladies have stripped down to their bikinis we have brave men in their shorts and we've just been joined by a camel uh, started in 1983 the oldest established uh, dip on the island raising money this year for multiple sclerosis and field lifeboat and we've got and they're going slightly early away you go my friends we're standing on the seawall, not on the beach this time, because last year we did that, and I nearly got... Well, I did get knocked over twice, actually, by the stampede. <laughs> Some people uh, just go in and dabble their feet. Other people go all the way in. It's entirely up to you. It doesn't matter. Either way, you've done it. Chris Williams with the 2022... I was going to say 2021. 2022 New Year's Day dip. One of these days, I will have a go. I know you were in, Christy. Perhaps... 2023 will be the year for me. You stood at the edges. You should have just run in. I, I don't know, I'm fully dressed. I could have sunk. <laughs> Next year we'll get you. Uh, well, that was just a little look back at some of the programming that we had here on Manx Radio. Over the holiday period, we hope you enjoyed our choices there of some of our favourite bits. We might even do this again sometime, H. I think it's a cracking idea. There's so much weird and wonderful stuff on Manx Radio outside of the daily core output that it always bears exploring. And don't forget, if you go to manxradio.com and click on the podcast page, you can listen back again to many of these programmes in full. They are there in perpetuity so to speak. Absolutely. See you next time. Bye.